This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today is the one and only Hans. Hi. That's a great, great hello. <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you for the enthusiasm. Yes. Uh, Patreon.com slash Lores. Patreon.com slash Lores, indeed, that's correct for those tuning yeah. in. So please. You'll get uh, unedited versions and uh, episodes that should never see the light of day. Um, that's certainly that you true. probably that you have probably released anyway. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, go go uh, join five bucks. Don't be cheap. That's like an hour of work for me down here. We're doing away with the one dollar tier and. Uh, I don't know if anybody's made the conversion over just yet. We'll find out toward the end of the month once that gets clipped. But this has been a very good month for patrons. Maybe we've been doing more shows than usual. Maybe it's just been the right. Maybe we're just in the groove of things right now. But it's been been looking up. And uh, I appreciate all those who have signed up at patreon.com slash Lars. You get exactly what Han said. You get those humiliating episodes. But you also get all video episodes you get episodes of After Dark, Niche Influential Films of the 20th Century, which is a, a uh, edited program that isn't dissimilar from this, but it's chopped down to 20 minutes. It's a, it's a, it's a show. And uh, also there are going to be um, you know, sneak peeks at things to come regarding Mass State Lottery and some narrative things that we're working on right now. So that's is what you can find right now at patreon.com slash lowers. Also, episodes of Old Boys. We don't even know about the state of that show. That could be dead. That might get picked up. That might be a 2023 show. Who knows? We'll find out. Kenny, Kenny's getting too much ass. We can't, We can't. you know, you have an A girlfriend. It's difficult to find some time to fuck around with two guys that are trying to make fun of you. <laughs> Not make you look like they're making fun of you. Uh, would you be willing to do live streams on Patreon if we get to a point? That would be difficult to pull off because I'm fairly certain you cannot do private live streams on anything uh, related to YouTube. Okay. So whoever gets that is going to be able to access that from the channel directly. So we would have to use a third-party venue in order to do that. Okay. And maybe go through Twitch or something. I don't know. We'd have to figure that out. But I'm totally up for... Any way that will get more people on board with the Patreon train. So well, once we get to a level, though, so that you know it's worth it. Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think we gotta. So first say, of all, what we gotta do, I think, is probably we eventually have to migrate away from Zoom and do something a little more sophisticated than this. Cameras have right. to be upgraded. Microphones have yeah. to be upgraded. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but uh, so far things are looking good. I'm hoping to do that when I'm up there in Jesus. What three weeks? A little over three two weeks? weeks, I think. Fuck yeah! Uh, because uh, you know the the dollar is very over evaluated right now, and my Costa Rican cologne is worth nothing. So buying anything and then getting it delivered here, it's pretty much like almost twice as much as I would be paying if I was just getting it in the states. So it's not really worth it for me to get it right now. But since I'm flying there, I think I'm just going to bring like a suitcase full of shit that I, you know, can't get here. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a pretty good idea. I mean, Costa Rica is certainly roughing it as far as a good portion of the world is concerned. If you ask anybody in Quincy, Massachusetts, they want to go live in Costa Rica for a year. The answer is yeah. going to be no. Fuck no. What are you talking about? Foreigner. Why are you talking? No, I mean, about? I, I, get out of I here. Mean, get I, lost. Yeah. 
stinks. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> we're talking about a feature film tonight. A feature film that is called yeah. Battle Royale. Can you I say, didn't say it in Japanese? I was going to say, know? could you say it like how they introduced the movie? How Takashi Kitano says Battle Royale? Baru Uruyaru. <laughs> I don't know if he said that or not. No, he says like it that. much sure. quicker, all in one go. Oh. And uh, there's, there's no, he's not getting stuck on the hooks of the R. Sorry, I'm the wrong type of Asian. <laughs> Um, we were talking about on the bonus show that we did as the lead up to this show, the pre-show to Battle Royale, how I was introduced to it and how you were introduced to it. To summarize that, you were introduced to it through Monster Tuesdays. Yes, Monster Tuesdays. Every every group of friends has their Monster Tuesdays get together where they eat Pringles, they have root beer, and they watch a good old-fashioned monster movie. Yeah. It was me and, and a bunch of dorks that played Smash Brothers in their free time on GameCube at the time. We would just watch all kaiju, kaiju movies on all Tuesdays. All Jew movies, and, uh, like uh, and, and, Panic and, uh, in Needle Park. No, uh, what do yeah, you know, and, Manhattan. And get no attention from women. Uh, that's that's why they existed. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. none of us could get any attention from women. So it's like, hey, hey, boys, how about we hang out on a Tuesday and watch, you know, Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla for the tenth time. You know that's a we were talking about Big Brother on the last episode as well. That consumed a good portion of the chat uh, of that chat. I feel like watching your friends get girlfriends is essentially like the equivalent to that when you're in that situation. It's like, oh, you can't do Monster Tuesday this week. Uh, yeah. So you mean Clarissa you is home. going out to dinner with you? Lizzie's taking you no. to brunch tonight. Um, okay. Liz's, All right. Lizzie's painting a picture of you. <laughs> All right, that's it's, cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's uh, you know, it's tough being young and single. You know, people mm-hmm. don't want to have anything to do with you if you're a 22 year old guy. That's what I hear. Yeah, my my English wasn't great either. I was very insecure about my English, so I wasn't as free to talk to anyone like I am now. Like I, I don't care anymore. But back then, I was fresh off the boat, so I would just ask my friends to correct my English whenever I would fuck it up. Uh, so I was very shy. I was very quiet. Um, so maybe that helped with that. Once I came back, like I came back here and then I went back and then I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Like I, I'm in a country where nobody knows anything about me. So why would I be shy about talking to people? You know? Sure. I think that's a very good approach to have. I think when you're outside of your element anywhere, I find myself being much more extroverted when I'm traveling by myself. Uh, you know, going to a, a, you know, state or wherever I might be heading that I'm not familiar with. Uh, that was certainly the case. All of my trips to California, where it's just like, you, you kind of have to, you have, you have to force that out of yourself. Whereas, you know, if you're in your, your hometown, just get comfortable. You know, everybody who gives a shit. I'm not fucking, yeah. I'm not even going to do the niceties here. I'm not even going to say, hi, how's it going? We're just going to look at each other in the supermarket and keep walking. Right. Wear your mask. Yeah. You know, it was something that my mom did the other day that really annoyed me. Uh, we went to the supermarket together because that's what you do with your mom. And uh, she kept uh, 
seeing people that she thought she knew, but everyone was wearing a mask. So it's just like, you, you don't have to say hello to everyone. <laughs> it's just like, just pretend you don't recognize them. Like, that's what I do. Like, I don't even pretend that I recognize anyone because everyone's wearing a mask. So it's like, a, it gives me an out from, you know, awkward conversations in a supermarket from someone from high school that you barely talked to when you were in high school that's happened to me a couple of times and they they like want to engage in the conversation i'm like hey and just walk away away. i'm actually i'm I'm heading somewhere i gotta be somewhere in like 10 minutes uh but we should catch up hey shoot me a facebook message and uh we'll we'll link up sometime well that that happened i think i've talked uh about this before where uh when i first came back from england uh a couple of friends from elementary school found me on Facebook and then they invited me to a get together. And I was like, motherfucker, I was a fucking loser in high school. Nobody would talk to me. I had like three friends. And he's like, do you really want me to go 20 years later to a reunion with people that I, I kind of recognize my name, but I don't really know at all. They all had kids too. It was just like, that's cool. Let's go to a bar with you and your kids. <laughs> yeah. So I, you and I, your, I your wife did. from, from ninth grade that you hate now. It's just, a yeah, that you got pig. pregnant. And yeah. <laughs> fucking Donald Duck tattoos on her forearm now. Cool. That sounds great. That's my nice. my ten year high school reunion got canceled because not enough people said I'll go. They did. Um, I think they did a five year reunion, and the, the photos that came out of that was the most awkward shit because it was all the jocks or right. jock equivalent. Because we didn't really have, you know, when you're you're going to high school in the aughts, the whole rubric of what high school is or what the social cliques are that's already evolved so the jocks are also kind of nerds and the popular kids are also kind of nerd it, you know it's a weird mix of people so you had like the group of kids that would get together and drink every saturday and i would just call them the jocks even though they weren't playing football or anything like that um just and yeah, yeah kind of <laughs> there were definitely more racist i will say that right. is you you i didn't realize um how prevalent any sort of racism was in in Massachusetts until I met these kids, which listen, I grew up in South Boston, which is pretty diverse, even though it's mostly like Irish Catholic, uh, but you still have like a pretty prominent black community. And then I grew up in the projects of Quincy, which was, uh, you know, pretty evenly spread and nobody was ever like actually racist, but then you get to, you know, the affluent neighborhood where everybody's father is like, owns a construction whatever it might be and uh oh boy they not only hate black people but they will um they will be like visibly disgusted if they have to be anywhere in a like a friendly hangout with a black person and not sit around and they'll walk out that's how racist some of them were so uh that whole group of kids which was about 25 people bloated beer guys uh, lifting weights, doing all this and that, snorting coke on the weekends, all got together and did the reunion. And you know who else did the reunion? It is the fat computer lab Asians who showed up and uh, oh, yeah. were picked on by them, never talked to them at all. And um, there's a great group photo of about 30 of these guys and then two schlubby computer lab Asians who just nothing's changed in five years you're still on the outs no one was speaking to you probably somebody said oh hey that's Jin. hey Jin, are you still doing the uh computer games you're still making games 
Hey, Jin's uh, still a virgin, huh? <laughs> oh man, he was a big old look. I shouldn't even. I shouldn't have used his real name, but he was a big old fat uh, Chinese guy. And I remember we all called him Buddha. And uh, he was just always hovering around the girls, but never hooked up with a single one. I don't know if he was gay or if he got so friend zoned that he became gay. There were a couple of guys right. like that, and it seemed almost exclusive to the Asian circle. Like you're either with the girls, or you got like a flirtation going with the girls, or you're the guy who hangs out around them long enough to become a gay guy. Well, uh, just judging by your area, like you either get racist white people or black people, right? Mm. I don't think dating Asian men in either of those two communities is like a, a thing that's seen, you know, as like a positive thing. So maybe that's why. You know, Lil Vicks, black ass, doesn't really... <laughs> what do you call it? Where's the black ass coming in? I mean, there was... I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, you know, there's a cliques. There were social cliques. And they would become more racially divided as everybody got older. You know, you got out of the projects cool. and realized what the world was actually like. There was also not a lot of Asian representation on, on media unless you were the weirdo right the weird weirdo asian character so i i guess i can understand why that would be the case back in up there over here everyone's just mixed like we still say negro like that's not an insult for us that's, that's just a like, word that's, that's a necessary word in the language that's just you like you can't get around that's it. what you call that's what you call like that's it's like an endearing term sometimes that that people say here too even people like we had a, a negro in our neighborhood he's not even black He's like browner than everyone. So immediately it's like, hey, you're negro. Like, and then we call them from, because his dad will call him that. So we heard that and we were like, oh, so you're negro from, you know, our teenage years or whatever. He's like barely darker than me. So, uh, so it's not, you know, we don't have that racial element uh, over here. Now there's a lot of, you know, victimhood of people asking for shit like that. But yeah, I, I, I can imagine that uh, Asian people in the, what late nineties, early two thousands, were maybe not the most popular person in the in high school. More like no. a nerdy, like Rick Blues, like definitely I not chopsticks and, type of thing. And Quincy is has like a good amount of Asian, so you were able to properly segregate yourself wherever you were because I think it was like it's definitely white people, then Asian people, and then everybody else. And they, I oh, mean, yeah. I, I would be willing to bet those numbers have climbed. Because if you go to North Quincy now, and all the Asians went to North Quincy High School, that was where you went. So the people who went to Quincy High, you fucked up. You made a mistake. You went to the wrong high school. Right. Uh, they never had a problem over there. But you go to North Quincy now, and it's basically Chinatown. It is, uh, it's, it's the East. They should call it East Quincy. That's cool. Oriental Quincy <laughs> High School. Uh, Wait, is that a can... term that you're not supposed to say up there? No, you can't Oriental? say you can't say uh, any of that. That's I was actually going to go full. Well, anyway, um, yeah, no, hey, we're talking about we're talking about Orientals tonight. Speaking of Oriental, <laughs> <laughs> <We're talking. laughs> uh, listen, we, we're always talking about uh, upbringing. I frequently bring up the New England area, Quincy, North Quincy. If you want to get a taste of that, check out episodes of Glue Addict on YouTube uh, because there are a couple episodes where Jake, Kenny, and myself decided to go hit up the Red Box 
And uh, we were looking through movies, and Jake was giving his take, and there were vans pulling up right behind us, dropping off several women at a time from presumably massage parlors, a.k.a. sexual slavery. And not long after, actually not long before we filmed that, maybe about a year or two, they broke up a sex ring where women were being trafficked between Quincy, specifically North Quincy, the exact area we were in, in New Hampshire. So these massage parlors are often fronts for prostitution dens where these women are forced to work. This is a, a, a social justice cause that uh, movies is behind. All patrons, $5, will go to sex-working uh, Vietnamese women in North Quincy, Massachusetts. Bullshit. Can I get paid before they get paid? <laughs> well, here's what the real That's plan was. Him. I was going to say, listen, we were going to do a photo shoot while you were in Massachusetts and say, look oh, at great. this Vietnamese woman we saved from tra human trafficking. It was just going to be you in a wig. It was just going to be you wearing a dress. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, look at this like... wide the, the the Asian with the widest back ever. <laughs> look at this gigantic the tallest Asian, Asian in the entire country. It's yes. got it's got weird shoulder hair. Uh, yeah, that I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't, I don't know if that would fly, but it would be worth the, a, a try. Anyway, hey, we got the. If you tuned into the last episode, I was talking about how I got scammed with this battle royale box set that I spent 170 bucks on, uh, three disc set. It's a. It's still cool. It's got all kinds of interesting art and um, information about the movie. There's a making of. There's tons of stuff in here, but again, they re-released this for 4K Blu-ray a year and a half ago, two years ago, and that's thirty dollars right now. So, you know, it doesn't. It's not always good to invest in physical media. Maybe it'll come around. Maybe this will be like a VHS or Laserdisc where it's worth a little bit of money. I'm skeptical, but mm. we'll see. Um, so on the last show, again, we talked about Monster Tuesday is how you got introduced to it. I got introduced to it through Amazon.co.uk, the Tartan Extreme line, because that's a that's a Western distributor that uh, puts out odd Eastern films. And they've got many good movies in that line that are worth checking out. But they've kind of gone the way of a dinosaur since uh, Arrow and Shout Factory and all these boutique distributors decided to snatch up many of these films. What, well, we kind of, I feel like we already glossed over um, a good portion of the initial reaction to it, especially getting back into watching it now. You watched it today. I watched it today. You also tried to do Battle Royale 2. Battle Royale 2 has been a struggle for me since about 2005. I had a, a really bad DVD of that that was clearly just like a bootleg rip. Could hardly hardly pay attention to it. I got another version of it that was slightly different, still just as terrible. And now it is on Amazon Prime right now in HD, and you tried watching that. And want to just give a compare and contrast between these two films? Uh, it, it doesn't feel like the same concept, even. Uh, it feels like a like if they just grabbed uh, whatever worked for the first one and upped it to 100 where everyone is completely overacting where every character is a cartoon of what they're supposed to be uh, and it's just nonsensical violence that and and uh trying really hard to have heartfelt moments that feel very shallow because that's not what the movie's really doing until they decide that they want to do that uh, there's a weird connection there with the 
the main bad guy from the last movie where he's like the dad of one of the girls or whatever, but it, it, everything is very muddled and very, uh, it doesn't really have a clear vision like the first one. Uh, and uh, well, the thing you said about uh, on well, like two or three episodes ago where they do like a pro-terrorist. They thing. essentially outright say America deserved 9-11. 9-11 was good. Terrorism can be good. The terrorists yeah. can be right sometimes. Now, I appreciate what that second one is going for and the balls on it to be like that, especially right after 9-11. I'm pretty sure it was 2003. So that's that's pretty daring. Even if I vehemently disagree with the message of the film, I, I don't mind the idea of morally irresponsible filmmaking or media. And I do think that it's an interesting turn to have those lead characters return in the second one as terrorists essentially they have like a very jihadi look to them they don't have to like nobody dresses like that in japan there's no reason no. to adopt islam to take down the battle royale act but they look that's... very weird how, how long after this the second one came, came out because the main character looks way older than he looked in the first so one. with okay so here's something interesting that i picked up only recently which is that for the first movie i was convinced okay it says middle schoolers. They're clearly high schoolers. And that means they're probably 19, 20 years old. No, those actors were all about 15, 16 years old at the time. So they were still going through puberty. And I think that's why their appearances are generally different. That movie got thrown into production not long after Battle Royale was released. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it just comes down to that. I mean, we're talking about a three-year release difference. They probably started shooting in 2001 or 2002. Because I mean, you have to understand that it was a labored production because the director of that first movie passed away right as they started filming. So his son picked it up, who had never directed a movie before, and said, "Okay, I guess this is mine to take care of now. I gotta, I gotta seal the deal on this." And I, I can't even like really say it's 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 on his shoulders and it's his fault because of that circumstance. Imagine never directing a movie before. It's your father's project. And all of a sudden you got to learn all this. You got to, and it's one of the, it's probably the biggest sequel in Japanese history at that time. Cause battle Royale made an impact. The book made an impact. The movie made an impact. It was nominated for, I think maybe best picture at the Japanese Academy Awards the year it came out. This was a significant film. Well, even Marvel did a, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was just a cover, but they did like a one-off with Marvel characters. So it was like a battle royale type of thing. I remember the cover very vividly. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm assuming it was huge but when this came out, which just makes it even worse when you watch the second one. You're kind of like, oh, there's really not much of a vision here. Uh, dialogue is very cringe. The performances are very... Over the, it, it's what you Very would Jim expect Carrey from like a, in the mask. That's the yeah. Kitano uh, replacement that we're given is a guy who really wants to be uh, a wacky rubber face comedian. Yeah, it's what you expect from like a bad Asian movie. You know, everything's very trying to be anime ish, or at least it feels like that because everything is very exaggerated and over the top, and every performance is like very loud. Uh, but then, like, you can really see the contrast there when you go through those flashbacks where we go back to the main bad guy on the first one. It's like, oh, this doesn't really fit with what we're watching right now. 
Uh, I didn't know that story about the the son taking over. I guess that makes a lot of sense when you know someone that's completely clueless uh, as to what to do or how to deliver this. But at the same time, I don't know if the you know you could have done much else with the script with what happens. You know, right? So it, I mean, that's very difficult to say because the script. Not to dismiss the importance of a script, but l let's take a look at Drive, for example, which had a script that was written and was intended to be directed by one of the guys who did Fast and the Furious, like F. Gary Gray, or somebody like that. Somebody who's a very like generic blockbuster director, and it was supposed to star Hugh Jackman. Oof. And it was going to be pretty close to the James Salas novel, which is fine, and it's kind of a good little smoky noir, uh, very tight novella. And then Ryan Gosling comes on board to replace Hugh Jackman and they give him his choice of director. And he winds up choosing the most interesting director they could have gotten to helm that film, which was Nicholas Winding Refn, who put aesthetics first, removed big chunks of the dialogue and just made it like a little visual art piece. So it depends. I, I, I'm not willing to say that this movie would have been terrible had it been directed um, by the original filmmaker, but it certainly had an uphill battle. And I don't like the, I, on, on its face, I don't like the premise, even if I can respect that they were trying to do something different with it. Now, now that we got Battle Royale 2 out of the way, we can talk about Battle Royale, finally. Right. Um, what who is your favorite character in this movie and does does that corniness that you mentioned on the last show oversaturate it to a point that it bothers you like i don't look at battle royale as a realistic film it does feel oddly more realistic now because of the uh you know, just the social climate of things and people being so wacky nowadays and so right. two-dimensional but i remember watching it like this could never happen and I still feel like this could, it went from this could never happen to this could probably never happen. Um, my favorite character is the fat boy at the beginning that has a crossbow oh, yeah. and doesn't know, doesn't know how to use it. And he just gets killed immediately. Relatable. But he's great. He uh, he yells a lot. Uh, and he, instead of shooting people from afar, he runs towards them with the crossbow. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, no, not really. I mean, it is corny, but... Uh, at times, but at the same time, it's like it's the year 2000, right? So uh, I, I'm not very familiar as to what was happening on Asian cinema in the, the year 2000, but uh, there was nothing uh, too like too corny or too out of the world that they set up that would take me out of it, uh, especially because the way that they set up with them being kidnapped and, and you know, the beginning when they're explaining everything, or I, I can only imagine how annoying it would be to you know you you're wearing a collar that's going to kill you and then you have a very bubbly girl <laughs> dressed like an anime character telling you that you're pretty much going to die or otherwise you know you won't make it out uh that that was cool i like the setup a lot i think uh the only thing that that i i kind of didn't like is uh how uh the the corniness happened because of relationships that we didn't know so so we were just supposed to to think that there's a, a deeper connection between some of the characters just because they tell us that there is. Uh, are you talking really about are you talking about the romantic connections between characters or yeah. Shuya and Nobu, who are the friends that I mean Nobu gets off first. Yeah. 
he's right at the beginning. Yeah, right. He's the example that is set for the other students for because he's being annoying. Uh, but also just to, because there's a couple of there's like two or three couples there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think the first one that kills himself, they just jump uh, through like the they're like a, they don't even the wait till the second day. Like, oh, they they should have yeah. just anyway. But they yeah, just kill themselves. You know, those those relationships were we're not really set up properly. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the concept is strong enough where. Uh, even though some of the, the the villains that are brought from another class are kind of uh, cartoony evil uh, until, you know, the end where, where they team up with one of them. Um, I don't know. It, it all works. It all works on it, on its own universe, like on its own thing, because, uh, you know, uh, you're supposed to believe this is the very authoritarian, authoritarian Japanese regime where, you know, if you're being a shithead kid, this is what you get. And and it, it's really well set up with uh, the professor, the teacher, I don't remember his name, uh, who gets stabbed Kitano, within the first five minutes. Beat Takashi right. Kitano, whose uh, presence in this movie I've always enjoyed, but I, I haven't fully been able to appreciate until uh, getting a full understanding of his filmography and who he is mm-hmm. in Japanese culture and Japanese uh, entertainment. So his... His inclusion and knowing, I think you made the connection before where he's the Takashi's castle host and it seems yeah. almost, and they call him Kitano in the film. They don't even bother changing his name. It's, yeah. uh, it, his, his presence is perfect. Like there's no better guy to facilitate this kind of event happening to these children. But they also do a really good job of setting him, setting up why he's annoyed and why he's like sick of them. You know, right at the beginning, he's he's uh, sitting in front of his blackboard, and it says, "We're not here because we don't feel like it in class or or whatever." Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there, like defeated. And then he goes out of the classroom, gets stabbed by one of the shithead kids. So by the time that we get to the scene where where he's telling them, you know, pretty much if you don't kill, you have to kill everyone to survive. We know that he's been dealing with this fucking asshole criminal ch- children. So when he gets to that point and he starts killing a couple of them, uh, it's be- it's believable. I, I want to say it's believable. In the context uh, of the film, it's believable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like you feel that where he's coming from. He's just like, yeah, we're just being fucking loud, annoying teenagers. You just die and you're stuck uh, playing this game now and going through this this uh inhabited island uh one thing that i didn't like about the second one before we we jump this is the they did a a dual color mm. thing that mm-hmm. was kind hungry of games like, uh, it became hungry yeah. games too i think I, hunger games too i think does the same thing maybe but uh, yeah i i that is initially where they lost me i didn't necessarily mind actually you know what i did mind the idea of turning them into an army essentially to fight yeah, the terrorists because then you, you're uh, losing the whole concept of the game and battle royale feels like something where it's i think it's best looked at as one and done just ignore battle royale too and focus on that but it is a concept that you could have easily milked for many years and gotten a lot of quality out of maybe and uh well it's, it's the, the the same idea from Squid Game that we had on that episode. Right, I want like, I want I want to wait until till we're done talking about Battle Royale before we get into Squid okay. Game and then Hunger Games, I guess, and um, maybe comparing but, these two things. But just the concept of uh, uh, you know every season is just different characters, so you don't have to follow them 
because who cares? You know, it should just be, I think that's continuing with or without them. That would have made it more interesting if you just introduced the new characters and it's like, all right, let's just have different characters at the first movie uh, and then see how they deal with this shit instead of, well, now you're going to have a team and you have to kill the other team and uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt very uninspired, like like a like a very cheap way of trying to profit from the name of the the first one. That didn't really feel like connected to the to it. I completely agree with you. Um, so we are introduced to the Shuya character, and he is our lead. And I think it's kind of interesting that we learn in his backstory that his father is dealing with depression and clearly can't handle his own mental illness. And offs himself in a pretty grotesque manner and writes a long-ass suicide note on a roll of toilet paper. He just couldn't find a notepad, a yellow pad, one of these yellow (laughs) pads behind me. These are all suicide notes, but I talked myself out of it. Why are his pants down, by the way? You know why. (laughs) He was doing the the (laughs) choke jerk, but then he also (laughs) wrote a gigantic note for his son telling him that he can do it or whatever. He came... He got a little too sad afterward and he just stayed in place and that was the end of it. Yeah, because that was a little bit odd. That's something that I didn't hey, notice son. on the hey, first Hey, it's me. Viewing. It's dad. That's what he was saying, I think, to his son. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just relax. Yeah. It's me, dad. Just, just pants are down. You can see him in his boxers hanging. It's like, oh, what? Was that really necessary, dad? And so you're bulging boxers while you're dead? I, I, I mean... Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose your own way out, there's no wrong would way, you, wouldn't you say? How, how, let me ask you: How would you kill yourself if you if you wanted to? Like, oh, what geez. would be your way of doing it? Hmm. Hmm. I probably just do a gun. I probably just blow my brain because then it's quick. That's you know, risky what, though. It's risky if if you fuck it up. But I mean, because honestly, and honestly, you just. I'm not talking a shotgun. I'm not talking blow my face apart. Fuck. No, I'm just me. I, a quick handgun, pistol. Yeah. Bullet through the what head. If, now, if I live, well, that's it. Yeah. Just sew me back up and I get a little scar over t- my t- Whatever. I mean, Who cares? Have you seen Have you seen survivors of suicide that try to shoot themselves and they have like no jaw? Or, like, they have I wouldn't a, do that. I would go uh, straight to the brain. Uh, I'm not fucking around. I'm not playing games here. I'm trying to end my life. <laughs> God damn it. Could you like imagine... It's shooting myself from here, and then it's like, oh, I, I got a second wind in life, and I'm just drooling everywhere. Just like, you could have just not done that, you know? Now I you're gross. All these attention-seeking girls who love to take a little dip in the bathtub and cut the wrong way and swallow some pills would just go gun and start blowing pieces of their face off. Just, just quit that. Knock it off. Right. How about you take they're a chill brave. pill? Instead of surviving, they're ugly now. Too many so Advil. Brave. Yeah, exactly. So Shuya's dad was one of these people, I guess. And yeah, uh, he just he couldn't was... hack it. He's a coward. That's what I like to call was... suicide victims, is cowards. He was choke jerking, but he choked before he could jerk he it. He got a little too H-word. Got a little too boned up. Couldn't help himself and died. <laughs> That's yeah. honestly not a bad way to die, is to choke yourself out while you're beaten off. That's not bad. Robin Williams should have done that instead of putting a bag over his head and cutting his wrists and swallowing pills and stabbing himself in the heart. Whatever the fuck he did in that bathtub. Horror show. Christ. Fuck. Didn't, I thought he choked her. No, he just like was, everyone was, chokes her. <laughs> everyone chokes her. Everyone that dies. Yeah. Every, every Hollywood celebrity just kills himself by, mis- by mistake by just choke jerking and then, you know, 
not being able to. I thought he did the. I thought he did the. You know when you're you, when you sit, uh, and then you just choke yourself with the door handle. Isn't no, that, that was happened? World's Greatest Dad. That's what his son does in that movie. Oh, that's true. All that right, was well. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hammond did that. Maybe that's why he got Daryl Hammond is still alive. <laughs> he, uh, just, he was successful. <laughs> he, he didn't kill himself. He just came a lot. Uh, maybe that's where he got the inspiration from that movie. My favorite Trump tweet, uh, aside from you know the A list ones, which are we will be carved in stone, is uh, his initial reaction to Alec Baldwin as Trump, which was "Bring back Daryl Hammond." He tweeted that out from the White House. That was great, <laughs> Daryl Hammond. Oh, I can't yeah. imagine how that made him feel. Anyway, Shuyi is in a relationship, kind of a relationship of convenience with Noriko, who <laughs> egged on his buddy Nobu. To go on the field trip. Said, hey, you should come back to school. I know your dad oh, yeah. just died, but uh, you should come back to school and stop teaching Shuya guitar and come on this field trip. And he was like, my yeah. my potential girlfriend, you know, it's nice somebody's waiting for you back there. And then he's the first to have his head blown apart. So uh, I hope, you know, that's on our conscience forever and ever. So we got those two. Yeah. They're pretty likable characters. I don't know if Noriko has much personality, but she, she's got enough. She's got a she's got a weird relationship with Kitano, and that's explored more in the director's cut. That it's not a friendly, nice relationship. That it's actually a romantic relationship, and Kitano is in love with Noriko even though she's 14 or 15 years old, which is legal and not pedophilia in Japan only. But here on movies, it is pedophilia. Oh, wait. I might have seen the director's cut there because that was kind of weird out like that. Here's he the, just here's has a trick. like a couple of, couple of scenes with her by themselves. And it's like, well, oh. they feature it a little bit in the theatrical cut, but they don't drag it out like they do in the director's cut. Here's how you know if you watch the director's cut. Is there a dream sequence where they're playing basketball? Yes. You saw the director's cut. Okay. There's multiple dream sequences where they play basketball. Yeah. So there's that. There's a a pretty long sequence with um, Kitano and Noriko speaking on the beach and having ice cream. Mm -hmm. And there's also a lot more CG that was added in for the DVD release. Okay. So I did watch. So I was a little weirded out by that too. So I was like, "What is? Are they flirting?" You couldn't tell because uh, you know the translation. But I don't know Asian sensibilities. I was like, maybe he's just being a nice professor. But I guess nobody's ever just being nice. Okay, yeah. N- get that out of your head. If you think people are just nice, no, sorry, that's right. not this world. You must be thinking of some other world. You must be thinking of Leave It to Beaver. You must be thinking of the the Partridge family. You must be thinking of the Wonder Years. That world don't exist. We got Shogo, who is one of the returning players of the season. You know, for survive in survivor terms, he's like the Boston Rob. Kiriyama, he's more Russell Hance. They throw these two guys in. They're not students anymore. They won the game. They're coming back. They want to kill some more. Now, Kiriyama is just a straight-up sociopath, and I always thought he was the coolest guy. Him and his red hair, and then you get a little bit older, 
And you're like, oh, he's just a K-pop fag. He's just a Japanese teen idol. This is, this guy is, uh, he's the hot one. He's not a weird guy. You didn't, I didn't realize that when I'm 12 years old watching this movie. I'm like, this dude has good fashion sensibilities. He's got a cool hair color. That's not normal for Asians. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's pretty badass. You know, he's bleeding from the eyes and he's got an Uzi. He's killing people. You know, K-pop came out when you were a teenager, then you probably would have been into it just because you would have wanted to be one of them. Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't even, I don't even think I knew Korea was a place when I was 12 years old. I I was a little slow fat boy. I was consumed with having Gatorade with every meal. So my brain was, was that. And, uh, yeah, to me, the only Asians were Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, and that might be it. We go Vietnam before Korea? There's a lot. Well, here's the thing. In Quincy, Massachusetts, where I grew up, there's Chinese people and there's Vietnamese people only. There are no Japanese people. There's hardly any Japanese people in Boston. And then later on, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess Koreans. Are, I mean, I've heard about the, my grandfather fought in the Korean War. I didn't realize it was like, a, you know, they were their own people or whatever. Just kind of more Japanese to me. You know, in Mexico, uh, the last time I was there, my brother was living there. He was like, oh, let me take you out for sushi. And I was like, OK, cool. Um, but it wasn't Japanese people making the sushi. It was Mexicans. So it was like carne asada sushi and like al pastor oh. and shit like that. I was Fusion like, oh, this is sushi. actually delicious. Yeah, <laughs> just like there's no raw anything. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, the sushi, los sushis in fucking Guatemala, Mexico. Pretty good. That Cultural sounds, appropriation. That sounds fun. I don't. I don't usually dig fusion, but uh, that's not. That doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. Um, then we have. We have a couple of characters whose names are are not coming to mind at the moment, unfortunately. We have the BPD girl, borderline personality disorder, uh, teenage gal who's one of the first ones to kill, to actively murder. The one that steals the taser, right? Yes, there's a very timid girl who is clearly uh, (laughs) on the receiving end of bullying from her and the mean girls clique at school and winds up losing her taser and getting throat slit by by this witch of a woman and then you got other characters like the girl who winds up in kill bill and if, if you think about this it's a little creepy that tarantino is eyeing her and she's like 15 years old like i gotta bring her to america we gotta shoot something with this girl by the time you get to kill bill she's only like 19 years old is that the girl with the yellow jacket yeah you know what i on this watch for some reason i thought that she had a much more significant part in the movie then she actually winds up having. She has like one scene to herself. Maybe I was always it's confusing like the yeah. her character with the sociopath uh, right. girl. So I can, I can see that if you're racist. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she has <laughs> she has like a five minute scene with her boyfriend where she where her boyfriend shoots her by mistake or or misses and like cuts her on her chin. I mean, on her chin on her cheek instead of killing her, and then she mm-hmm. kills him. Oh, no, 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 that's not her boyfriend. That's not. A, that's a creepy simp guy who lied about sleeping with her. Oh, right. Right, 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 yeah. Did okay. you, did you, see, I always saw that in teen shows. I always saw that in drama, whatever. The guy who says, oh, yeah, that girl, we slept together. I took yeah. her to bed. That was never something I ever heard of at high school. I'm pretty sure 
Look, if I ever said that girl, yeah, we fucked. If I said that about a girl I never fucked or I never even like spoke to, I would be humiliated because people would just assume. Yeah. I feel like most people would assume you're you're lying. Cause yeah, we had, we had we had a couple of those in my high school. They were just humiliated in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just like you're a little pudgy fat boy. Like, no, you didn't. Fuck the hottest girl in high school. Shut up. The extent of that uh, would be like, oh, I got I have a girlfriend, and she goes to school in the town over. We're talking on the phone tonight. I actually, you know, I'm going to her place this weekend, and uh, that was about it. Nobody was ever yeah. so bold to lie about having sex with a person they go to school with. Did you read my away message on AIM? It's about her. <laughs> so we've got um we've got the two returning player characters. We got the sociopath girl. We got the girl who's a little vain, I guess, uh, and she's got the simp and the boyfriend who's not really a boyfriend and is also a simp, but she right. she's in love with him and he's not in love with her. So it's kind of confusing. It's not. You know, maybe simp is the wrong word. It's just a complex situation, as uh, teenage relationships can often be. Right. So you've got all these And then you got the batch of nerds. And I was thinking to myself, watching this, I would not be part of the team of nerds, but I would probably come and go from that group if I was here. I'd probably be like, hey, you guys figure that out yet? Cool. Yeah, she... I'll, I'll be back later. Yeah, I'm your friend. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be <laughs> back. They're not going to... They're not going to do anything. They're weak. Right. They think you're an ally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always it's like, like oh, the... what weapon? Well, you got the axe? Oh, that's cool. Can I see that? <laughs> exactly. Can I see your axe? Yeah. All right. Cool. There what was, was a group of older kids, maybe a grade ahead of me, that would always get together and play something like Dungeons and Dragons or whatever in a basement. And they all went to the same school and they were all tech nerds. And that's what this group of kids reminded me of. It was like, all right, the weirdos, they're maybe going to figure it out. They do figure it out in the movie. Um, of course, it doesn't really benefit them. And the, everybody implodes. You have, everybody who has like a big alliance winds up imploding. The group of girls who are taking care of people at the lighthouse, there's the poisoning. That implodes. The nerds, they get wiped out. It all happens in a very spectacular fashion. And I, I think the... The strongest benefit to Battle Royale, even over uh, Squid Game, is that they managed to get through... And granted, we're talking about a nine-hour show compared to an hour-and-a-half movie, a two-hour movie. Two-hour, yeah. They make use of almost all of the characters in some way where it benefits the story. And they're even the expendable characters are not that expendable. So as we were talking about before, the couple that jumps off the cliff on the first night... Or the fat boy who's nervous and he's trying to, you know, uh, command authority. Or the the nerd who's hunting people down that second day and uh, yeah. almost takes out Shuya and Noriko, but Shogo gets that gets an axe on his fucking head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get a good enough idea of who these people were at school um, before their untimely demises. We, I mean, I don't think there's a character that um, you know gets offed where you don't have some idea of who they were and how they played this game. But I think that's why this works so well, because they're just ruthless. Like they, they don't mince anything when it comes to, you know, what the game is supposed to be, you know, if, you know, you're supposed to kill everyone. So everyone is just fair game to die. Uh, and, uh, 
how graphic the deaths are, I think, benefits it a lot to bring that realism there because it's not most of the deaths are not goofy <laughs> most of them are very graphic and very especially that that first one with that bpd girl uh where she's holding that what is it like a scythe yes uh, like a curve curve knife on the girl's throat and when she's like giving her her last speech i guess she's already bleeding from the blades so you know something's gonna happen you think they're gonna cut away from it and then you see it just caught deeply into her throat and it's like all right well cool five minutes in this is already violent as fox besides you know the exploding necks and and knife to the forehead and how how else does he kill right at the beginning when they're in the same room i think that's it right there's yeah. a girl that dies from the from the collar and then or is it yeah and then the oh well, oh, well the, the friend how does a friend die i don't remember uh the friend Nobu is acting up and Katano sets an example of him because his collar explodes to let them know right. this is what's going to happen if you try and disobey the rules of the Battle Royale Act. So, By the you, way, did you, know, did, did you notice how much better the blood looks like on the 2000 and the Battle Royale 2? Because I think, I don't know if they're both digital, but on the second one, it was very, very obviously... Um, uh devil's rejects type of blood i don't know if you remember that but it's very digital very unrealistic i i haven't paid close enough attention to battle royale 2 i'm going to give that a full rewatch after we conclude this show to see if it justifies an entire episode my suspicion is it will not but i i i was able to you know pick out where they use cg blood pretty easily in battle royale and certainly in the, the director's cut where it becomes a little more apparent because there's more of it. Right. But for the most part, I don't think it's too distracting in any sort of uh, way that, that takes away from the film. It just feels of the time. It doesn't feel gratuitous. But I think if you take a look at any of the films that are put out today, like a Malignant or whatever, it's not going to age the same way as uh, the CG that's applied here because they, there's too much of it too much of it embedded in the film. So a little bit of clearly post-production blood that's been added to Katano's pants after he's been stabbed. Not, not that bad. I can tell from there's bad layering there. It feels very, just literally right on top of the, the still here Um, compared to this entire room is fake. People are going crazy about Dune. Uh... People going crazy about Dune right now saying it's a great film just because they shot in the middle East. They did the bare minimum. Any... They did what they were supposed to do for filming, and that makes it good. Excuse me. No, it doesn't. Is there any blood in Dune? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't even remember. I've been reading a lot of incredibly positive uh, reviews about Dune, and I, once again, like I mentioned on that episode, I, I guess it's me. Well, at times, I just start thinking that because I... Uh, I saw that Kino said that the performances were great. It's just like, I guess we watched a different movie because I didn't think anyone was good and everyone just seemed bored and, and uninterested. Uh, and I don't know, I guess when you when you uh, create a movie that's just a big universe and you show a lot of wide shots, people are easily impressed by it. It's like, yeah, let's see the second one. Hopefully there'll be a series after that because 
it's a universe that deserves something like this and i still enjoyed the david lynch one better so i i maybe i don't know maybe i'm just no anti no 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 expectations have absolutely been lowered because this, this would just be a standard box office spectacle in 2007 or 2008 and people are talking about it like ah movies have been yeah, saved like it's, it's going to change movie making from now on and it's literally just because they did not shoot with green screens or a, as often anyway there's i'm sure there's some in there um but for the most part it looks like denny villeneuve applied real sets and that is enough right now that that's what is considered enough right now and i think that's deeply unfortunate you know i what i noticed with the battle royale is obviously they shot on a real island but there is a lot of rear projection in this movie and the i mean the scene we were just talking about where the two uh lovers jump off the cliff is very obviously rear projection where you they're, mm-hmm. they're in front of the screen at first and then you see like a girl, and it looks like a different time of day entirely. Like she throws right. something down, down the rocks. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I, this isn't me. I don't think this is me speaking as like an old person. I think it just looks much more charming to know that there's something actually there behind them. And it makes it far more forgivable, even if it is clearly not, you know, as rich or as in depth as a real background or sunset might be. Right, like in Spawn. What do you mean, like in Spawn? <laughs> <laughs> the usage of green screen is very minimal in Spawn in 3D animation. Is that right? Goes... Is, is it minimal? <laughs> when he goes to hell and... <laughs> I guess we got to rewatch yeah. that one. We already did uh, a two-part you... episode, I think, on Spawn before. But, I mean, I, I can I, go back I... to Spawn. No, that's not. Uh, are you looking forward to the new one? The new Spawn it's never movie? With, uh... It's never coming out. They've been talking about that Spawn movie. Oh, Spawn 2 is coming out. They're going to do a Sam and Twitch movie and Jeremy Renner and Jamie Foxx. It's never happening. Now it's, we threw this script out, which apparently, apparently it was going to be a bait and switch. This is what I've heard from some YouTuber that does comic book uh, news or something. They were going to do a bait and switch where Spawn 2 was going to hardly feature Spawn. Spawn. And then the second... The, the second draft of that script, or the second version of that script, was going to be much more Blumhousey, racial focused. I don't know if you ever watched an interview with Jason Blum. He no. fucking loves racism as a subject, and he thinks he's being edgy. We like to make our audiences a little uncomfortable by getting into the subject of well, what does it mean to be a Black American? I watched Indie Film Hustle, which is a good YouTube channel. That guy somehow gets A-list names. I have no clue how. He got Jason Blum on there, who I thought was gay. I could have sworn this man was fucking homosexual until he's like, oh, hold on. My wife is calling me. A beard. Oh, yeah. And he just had like hunks walking around the background, like shirtless guys hanging out at his mansion, his second mansion. That fucking guy can... They definitely... They definitely uh, make you uncomfortable, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> it's more because it's like, oh, are you really doing this shit? Oh, fucking fuck you. Uh, well, at least they got one right with Halloween Kills, a, a modern classic, as I like to call it. Yeah. 
which by the way, huge engagement on Facebook, nothing on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. 380 likes. No one's clicking on the fucking link. You Nobody clicked. It. People just agree with the statement. They're good. We don't need yeah. to watch this. I agree. Um, but I'm not yeah. watching the video. Thank you guys. Well, whoever shared that to the right group that did that. And there's not even like a laugh react in the majority for the top two, which usually means people are, if, if people are laughing with you, good. Uh, but if it's a sincere thing and you see a laugh react for the first or second one, that's bad. That means you got to delete immediately to save save your face, save some skin. Um, anyway, why don't you think Battle Royale has ever been remade or adapted for America or the West? Hunger Games. What do you mean? You think that put the kibosh on it? You think that killed it? Yeah, because you get. I mean, that when Hunger Games came out, there was also what was the other one? The Maze Runner was like a similar concept, right? Well, Harry Potter uh, was coming to a close, and everybody was rushing to have their literary series be the next in line. And we got Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, and that flopped. Right. Maze Runner, yeah, that's another one. Twilight, obviously, is kind of... That's the real successor to, to I think, yeah. Harry Potter, because it captured the culture in a similar way, in a negative way. And then you have... Um, Although, in retrospect, I have a higher tolerance for Twilight fans than Harry Potter fans, absolutely. But then you have, yes, Hunger Games. And Hunger Games, I think, was probably the most critically well-received of that batch. But at the right. time, I wasn't willing to tolerate that the series at all. I thought, this is blatant thievery. And it is blatant thievery. But it yeah. was a hit. It was a hit. Girls ate it up. And people wanted to go see those movies. And there was four or five of them. That you can well, it watch gave, right uh, gave Jennifer Lawrence a career too, right? Sure, that made her huge. Uh, there was the host. Do you ever watch the host? No, the, I did the, not. That was um, based on Sarays and Ronan, whatever her name is. Sarays Ronan, girl with the girl from uh, Lady Bird. That movie, yes, that girl. Yeah, uh, no, I never it, saw the it host. Was about it was about like an alien thing that you they would put on your, like the back of your neck, and then they could like control you or some. I don't. It, it was bad, but it was around that time where they were just going to uh, uh, young uh, adult uh, literature and just get whatever that kind of felt like a little sci-fi, thinking that it would work just like Harry Potter and and Twilight did, um, but it, it didn't. I think that movie had two movies. I think and that's that's pretty much it same with the maze runner or maybe the maze runner had three maze uh, runner was definitely more successful than the host I, i'm not even sure if the host got a sequel but that that was a flop too that didn't work out uh, did you watch any of the hunger games movies because i i checked out the first yeah. one and i remember not disliking it i've seen all of them oh, really? uh it was around that time where i was like all right let me watch all the harry potters just because i haven't seen it and let, let me see the last one in in theaters and I did that. And then with the Hunger Games, it was the same thing of just like, I think I was unemployed at the time. And I was just like, let's just fucking watch them and see if we can watch the last one in theaters. But I didn't like it enough for that. Um, Twilight, I only watched the first one. The uh, I watched Twilight in the theater when I was living kind of because one of my friends had no one to go with. And she was like, please come with me. And I was like, listen, if I go see this, I'm not going to be quiet. Like, I'm just going to make fun of it. Are you sure? She was like, yeah, fine, whatever. I have no one to go with. 
the whole time I just made fun of the movie and there was a row of older fat women behind me that just kept telling me to shut up and I was just like I'm sorry I'm enjoying this just like you guys <laughs> uh, and then after that uh, my friend did not ask me to come to any of their other ones so I guess I ruined that, that experience was the end for of her Monster too. Tuesdays. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vampires in the theater. I guess uh, romantic what, vampires. That... My one experience with that was I uh, I was dating a girl with BPD, and one time I was uh, at, in her home state because I it was another state than other than Massachusetts, but it was in New England, and so you would make weekend trips out, and so I was there for the weekend. And I said, "Hey, listen, I'll take you to go see the new Twilight." And then the day of, I got really sick. And I never get sick, but I got really horribly sick this time around. And uh, I just couldn't get out of bed. And I said, listen, I'm sorry. I can't take you to see Twilight. I just feel horrible right now. And uh, she had a hot Dunkin' Donuts hot chocolate and fucking smashed that down into my head. And there was... I, my head was burning. There was hot chocolate all over the walls in the bed. So uh, in your I'm, room, not my room, in, in her oh, bedroom. Her room. I'm okay. it, under the covers, burning, scalding hot. So don't date anybody with mental illness. You kind of just want to avoid people. You start seeing orange pill bottles anywhere in their room. Don't ever do that. That's just a problem waiting to happen. And uh, certainly don't make any. Uh, don't say you're going to take them anywhere because that that, <laughs> that could go bad. Especially BPD, because I feel like... I had no idea. It's, look, it's a meme now. People love joking about it now. Back it's in 2011, 2011, I didn't know a fucking thing. I saw some books in a room that were like, BPD for dumb... Like, how to deal with your whatever. And I thought, well, this isn't that big of a deal, I'm sure. I haven't heard of this, so... And then you Wikipedia, and it's like pathological lying, prone to violence. Basically, just a female sociopath. And, um, God damn, that was a miserable three months of my life. Cause even if they don't have it and they just use that, that as an excuse, you're just like, Oh, you're just such sh- shitty person that refuses to take accountability. So dealing with that. Yeah, I'm good. I've been lucky when it comes to that, but I can only imagine how good that hot chocolate. Felt, felt <laughs> oh, it, was, it was good. My scalp was absorbing. I got a little, uh, little bits of cocoa in my, my taste buds. It was nice. Yeah, do you, you had your long hair at the time. It was time a warm too. winter. No, no, no. I that was that was, I was past oh, okay. the long hair. I was skinny. Oh, okay. I had short hair. It was the skinniest I probably ever was. I think I was like 135 pounds. I was feeling great, Jesus. feeling great, looking great. But um, yeah. So uh, Battle Royale, you checked it out. I think in 2006. Hunger Games was what 2011, 2012, 2010, maybe. Oh. It was definitely. It was definitely. I think early tens. 2012 okay all right and they did a string of those movies i didn't check out i think i might have briefly checked out the second one when it was on cable i don't think i checked out the third one or the fourth even though i was curious to see how they were going to handle the philip seymour hoffman situation this was before it was Mm -hmm. easily you know easily achievable to replace an actor who had passed away and um i uh i'm kind of good with that i don't intend on ever revisiting it it's clearly meant for a young adult young female audience just not my cup of tea and battle royale i think is almost perfect but these two properties do the same thing that bothers me and that is giving a cop-out ending which is why i really love 
Squid Game because it fulfills its promise. So Battle Royale, you wind up losing a lot of those secondary characters uh, throughout the first and second act of the film. You wind up getting down to a final five of uh, uh, Noriko, Shuya, Shogo, uh, the crazy girl. I want to let me see what her name is. I got the Wikipedia up right here. I believe her name is Mitsuko. If you want to verify that, and Kiriyama. So you have the two returning players, and you get the three other characters that belong to this class um, for the middle school. And uh, Mitsuko is the first one off because she has a bad encounter with Kiriyama. He wipes her out pretty easily. You wind up having a a showdown with Shogo and Kiriyama, and you have the Kiriyama character emerging from flames after, I think, an explosion. His eyes are all bloody. It's a very good... It's good iconography for the film. Makes him a, a much more memorable character. I, I think that whole, you know, piece of filmmaking right there. And it ends with what we're initially led to believe is Shogo turns on the couple. Shogo's there for a different reason than Kiriyama. Kiriyama's just a psychopath. He's looking right. to kill. I think he was a recruit, maybe. They th- threw some money his way and he was into it anyway, so he decided to take it up and that's something you know that squid game in this touch on which is for a lot of people i think to undergo such a traumatic experience the average person's brain is like well that would look a person who underwent that and survived would never do that again right however no some people some people some it's, it becomes rolling thunder some people start to get off mm-hmm. on it some people yeah. revisit that in their heads a little too frequently and start going, actually, maybe I could do that again. Maybe I kind of like that. Maybe I want to assert myself this time around and take ownership of this and then become this thing that that has scarred me. And that seems to be Kiriyama's MO and to a degree Shogo's MO, even though he has more sentimental reasons for being there, which is he killed his girlfriend. He was in the final two with his girlfriend in a previous battle royale. They turn on each other in the final seconds of it because both of their collars are going to detonate. And he winds up killing her before she can kill him. Although she does yeah. attack him, I think, first. If only he knew that he could just gotten away on a boat with her. Like it happened. Not quite. He didn't have the nerds that are available in this movie that are working on hacking the system and figuring out how to deactivate these collars using soil yeah. and everything else. So uh, the circumstance was just not right. Yeah. So Shogo is looking for some kind of meaning in surviving the program. And he winds up seeing the Shuya and Noriko characters and is kind of initially dismissive of them, but then winds up aligning with them. And they work as a trio throughout the film because these are two very naive characters. I'm not sure off the top of my head if they kill anybody Maybe Shuya does out of necessity or by accident, but I don't think he actively takes anybody's life. Maybe you can clear that up if you remember that, Hans. I I don't remember him being maybe by mistake or yeah, no, I can't I can't remember any instance where he's the one that oh well with the axe I guess the axe of the head by mistake he kills that guy at the beginning right right. So he's a, he's a passive character. They're both passive characters. Shogo is certainly not. And they get to the end as a trio. Shogo takes out Kiriyama. 
and then they're given a little rehearsed, you know, I'm turning on you because the callers have microphones in them. And so the callers are then deactivated where it's implied that Shuya and Noriko are dead. Shogo is a two-time winner of Battle Royale, even though he's injured. And Kitano, who has been uh, overlooking this entire um, event, he knows what's up. He understands what happened here, but he's got this infatuation with Noriko that is clearly inappropriate, and he's not going to say anything about it. So the military starts clearing out. Everybody's done. Uh, Shogo is, you know, the victor. They're going to fly him out or whatever. But um, Noriko and Shuya merge. There's a pretty comical, and it feels out of place, but very in place, death scene for Kitano, where he pulls a water gun. They shoot him full of bullets. He he dies, and then he returns to life to pick up his cell phone, answer a call, yeah. throws the phone, shoots the phone with a real gun that he had on him, eats a cookie, passes away peacefully. Uh, very beat Takashi at his wackiest. It feels very... I know you haven't seen this, but there's a comedy film he did called Getting Any, which is essentially like... It feels like a Zucker's Brother movie um, or, or like a Naked Gun style film that he did okay. where it's just... different. It becomes a different film every 15 minutes with the same characters and goes through different genres. It felt very in line with that, like his comedic sensibilities. So then... Shogo passes away on the boat somehow. How does he die? He has an injury. Uh, I guess he's been shot, but he's fine up until that point. And uh, I was pretty disappointed with that when I initially saw it. I was like, oh, well, he did all the work. Why is he going to die from something that wasn't bothering him five minutes ago? Now he's dead. Mm. And then we're left with... On the the ground, yeah. And then you're left with the two characters that didn't do shit for the whole movie. Right. And, And... you know, you get the little sequence at the end, which I kind of like. It kind of reminded me of Pokemon a little bit, where they get the hats on, and then you get the nice jazzy teen pop, and it ends with run. Run. Right. Don't fight back. Run. And Battle Royale 2, they ignore that message. It's not run. It's yep. <laughs> join the Taliban. It's literally a line with Afghanistan and do something. Well, it starts with the Twin Towers falling, right? Or at least two towers that look like the Twin Towers. Eerily, yes, eerily similar yeah. to the Twin Towers in New York City. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a very bold film. Those filmmakers had some ideas in their head when they wrote that script and, and executed it. What do you think? But here's my thing about the ending that bothers me. They did not want to commit to the rules of Battle Royale in their own script. They figured out a way to have these two characters survive mm-hmm. and also a third character survive who navigated the path and then passes away afterward. And it feels like a cop-out. It feels like a, a cheat. And I don't like that. It feels, it feels like a cheap American happy ending. You mm. know, where, of course, they are the two main characters. So, of course, they're not going to die throughout. Uh, and then they make it, even though they haven't deserved to survive. They have done nothing aside from align with the right person to survive. And this is something we later see somewhat with Squid Game, where the most passive character who kills nobody, he thinks he kills one person, but even that gets negated later on, is the victor. Hunger Games is certainly different. I think that Jennifer Lawrence character is is, uh, executing people left and right. I'm pretty sure she's hardcore about it. 
but also the the it's rules of that are yeah the rules yeah. of that are stupid i don't like that it's like it's post-apocalyptic and people <laughs> people are living in different villages and there's a black village and a white village and they're going to turn on each other and the second one does the same thing as battle royale 2 which is now it's teams now now you're yeah. teams of two and then it also ends the same way it's like but the viewers love Peta and Katniss, and maybe we'll just do two oh, winners yeah. this year, and they're going to be married, and they got to figure. I hate that shit. That is so yeah. tiresome. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's American, ultimately American what. Ending. If it was a straight up battle royale ripoff, like what was the Stone Cold Steve Austin movie, The Condemned? Yeah, where he's he's holding the butterfly in his hand. He's 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 a gentle man, but he will crush who he needs to yeah. crush to survive. If it was more like that, if that was the Hunger Games, I could probably get in on that. Yeah, no, but it, it suffers from typical American young adult story where, you know, the pretty people have to survive and everyone else is not important. They're obviously going to die because we haven't given them any time on screen at all. But mm-hmm. And it, it makes such a superficial she's... statement about society and entertainment's effect on society as opposed to trying to make anything uh, meaningful come of the competition like i think battle royale maybe tries to do i don't i think squid game also comparatively is uh far more superficial than than battle royale's messaging but squid game commits to its premise which is you get one winner period yeah and then he goes back maybe it seems like he's gonna do he's gonna do his little he's gonna be the John Wick of Squid Game, right? And uh, pink haired young. Wick. Maybe he watched Battle Royale. He like Kiriyama, like I like Kiriyama. Maybe I should have done that as a kid: is dye my hair red and wear suits to school. Kids yeah. could have feared me. I would have shown up. I would have painted like mom's lipstick on my cheeks, like blood. Yeah, dripping they would from have. They would have. They would have bullied you too hard. see. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't be here with us. You would have shot yourself. Like I, you I would have died like Shuya's father. <laughs> toilet yeah. paper wrapped around my body like a mummy. Just a long message in toilet paper wrapped <laughs> around your neck. <laughs> a long message that pretty much says, hey, you can do it. Hey, hey. I'm your dad. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you don't recognize this man that just choked jerk to death. I'm your dad. <laughs> <clears throat> this movie, I think, will reach a point where it is remade. But I think that Squid Game pushed that that time back a little bit, reset the clock. Yeah. Hunger Games ended around what twenty sixteen? I want to say it's four movies or five movies. Uh, I think it's four books One, that were stretched into two, five movies. Three, four. There's four movies, and there's a spinoff, apparently. Ah, that is currently in development. Film was expected to separate action during the first half of 2022 for a projected late 2023 or early 2024 release date. Mm. Well, that's probably not going to happen. I don't know who's yeah. getting excited about Hungry Games right now. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out if they want to make it a thing. They'll bring back Jennifer Lawrence. She's down on her luck at the moment, right? So. They'll, they'll, that'll come back at some point, and it, I, it'll probably delay the Battle Royale America version um, that that will be inevitable at some point. Well, no, now you're going to get Squid Game version, because Battle Royale is not really 
I mean, as well known as Squid Game, obviously, because it was the, according to Netflix, their biggest show ever. But mm-hmm. it's the concept that's pretty similar. So even if they were to do a Battle Royale remake, I think people would be like, oh, it's just ripping off Squid Game, you know, without knowing just because they're not you familiar with think- but I wouldn't put it past HBO Max or one of these servers. Whoever has the I, last, I checked, New Line Cinema had the rights to the Battle Royale American remake. I don't know if that's still the case. That was back in that was almost twenty years ago, and then they were thinking about doing it at the CW. So I, I mean, what happened when they did Ghost in the Shell and they did Death Note? Warner Brothers said we're going to get Taika Waititi to do Akira. And that obviously did not pan out, thankfully. But that is just the executive's mind, where it's like, well, this is still a very well-established property, regardless of whatever comparisons will be drawn with Squid Game. This came first, and it's its own thing, and it's different enough. I think we can pull this off. So they're probably thinking about that right now. But I don't think they'll, they'll pull the trigger on it. Do you think the response, the negative response that Cowboy Bebop has been getting online maybe makes them a little cautious about no. that? No, because, well, first of all, I think it's all going to come down. Like, the negative response, they, I think, look at with optimism because enough people could check it out in, uh, you know, for hate-watching purposes. Ironically, right. Yes, uh, which is something that came out about the He-Man show that Kevin Smith did, which was it, it stirred up a whole lot of controversy because I, I, I don't know if this is verified or what. I'm not watching He-Man. He-Man meant nothing to me. I don't care about that show. Apparently, they kill off He-Man in the first episode. And it's yeah, about it's She-Ra or whatever. Tila, I think her character is. Tila Tequila. Yes. She has a swastika on her arm, uh, and she goes to attorney. It's the to... Frank Miller transgendered Nazi that Joker <laughs> yeah. fucks. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah. So uh... that's that's the that's the lead of He Man now. <laughs> cool. I'm uh, I'm I'm down with the progressivism of it. I like. Well, it. I think I think we're in that camp though, right? Like we're definitely going to be checking out Cowboy Bebop because yes. it looks so bad. You said it's going to come out when when you're in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's going to be just... a, there's going to be a Civic TV, at least many on on one of those episodes. I think I'm look. Oh, I'm kind I of um. Series. I it's nine episodes. It's only nine episodes. I think so. Yeah. Huh. That's kind of doable. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm not at all optimistic about the quality but i'm kind of excited to watch an episode of it to get like a full idea because these trailers have looked terrible and cartoonish it looks like a cosplay convention where uh people just you know did a gofundme for their fan film and then filled it all in in post with green screens chroma key so i want to see how that is sustained for 50 minutes for a netflix show sorry it's 10 episodes uh Okay. It's so fu- it's so funny though. I'm just I'm just looking at the names of the people that are producing this and it's just a bunch of Japanese names and then you got Marty Edelstein. <laughs> I was Josh say Mar- Apple. <laughs> you got Josh John Applebaum, Silverstein. S- Scott Rosenberg. Mm. Uh Matthew Weinberg. And it's like, oh that's um all right. That's that's a little weird. <laughs> Not saying anything. Yeah, weren't weren't like, they enemies eighty years ago? Those, these, yeah, these producers, Asian names. Yeah, 
uh, I'm just hoping that it's as as bad, uh, like enjoyably bad. Not like it's trying to be good, but it's just bad. So it just becomes boring and not even fun to watch. Like if it's terrible, I I'll find something to enjoy from it. But... I think it's probably going to be more in that category, which sucks. Be- I, I mean, it looks ridiculous in a in an unprofessional way. So yeah. I'm. I think it'll be hit and miss, to be honest with you. I think there's going to be some parts of it that are okay, surprisingly okay, and then it's going to peter out quick. And it will probably do... So you, you, I don't know if you watched season one of The Walking Dead, but yeah. the first couple episodes of The Walking Dead were really good. And then they did the episode where they go to the old folks' home, and there's mm-hmm. gangbangers taking care of the old people. And it felt like... Somebody took over the show at that point. Like Frank Darabont decided to get lunch that day and somebody at AMC said, all right, well, I guess I'll just write and handle this episode. And you know what? Maybe I'll just write and handle the rest of the episodes too. I think that's going to happen with Cowboy Bebop. I think the first episode will probably surprise us and be better and maybe a little little too feminist, progressive. We got to hammer out the message right away just in case. Just in case they tune up, we got to put the message in. They might do that. Second episode will probably be okay, and then the rest will be shit. Right. Yeah, that show's still going, huh? I don't think any anyone from the main cast is... Or I'm, I don't know. I stopped watching it a long time ago. Walking Dead. Uh, that was a show that I... My Actually, friends would be like, this is the watch it. it. It got good. No, just catch up with it sure it did like, no, it didn't. Yeah, it's it was, good. It was one good scene in an episode of 22. Every season, you got a couple of episodes. The first and the last one where you're just like, oh, okay, they're taking chances. And then there's 15 episodes in between where it's just people talking. It's just like, ah, this They managed to create a show where they could kill off significant characters and still have no stakes. This is the final season they're doing. It's Norman Reedus and I think Carol, the woman with short hair. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> I know they went and shot three films, or they maybe only shot one film thus far, but they have a plan for three films with the Rick character from The Walking Dead. And that trailer dropped, I think, in 2019, but there's been nothing since. Well, there's a new spinoff, too, right? There are multiple spinoffs. Year. There's there's two or three Fear different shows. The Walking Dead, that one went on for, like I think that one was canceled already. But then there's a new one that came out, which is like, I think it came out this year, uh, where there's it's just a three or four. Site. Yeah, I think there's three three spinoffs. World Beyond. It's got mm-hmm. two, four rating of four on IMDb. Uh, so you know it's it's good. Anything um, above three is passing. I'm just surprised that they're still putting out zombie. I mean, again, another. Another thing that I don't understand, the Black Summer thing, where a lot of people are excited about season two, and that's one of the dumbest shows I've seen in the past five years. It's just so clumsily made and just so badly written that I was surprised when they announced season two, and even more surprised when I started reading reviews, and a lot of people love it. I wonder if it's because zombies are not a thing anymore, and it's just like, oh, cool, zombies again, but it's just it's terrible. Um, Well, America has reached it you know at the point where we're putting out the same kind of media and it entertains the same kind of audience as whatever the general consumer is of 
China or any of these Asian countries, really. I mean, Korea is the big exception where for a long stretch of time, the films were hitting it out of the park. But if you tune into the television shows, it's very simple stuff. Uh, Squid Game has a taste of that. It's probably one of the more elaborate Korean shows to come out of um, you know, the, the country. But for the most part, they like very by-the-numbers, clear good guy. Maybe he's a little greedy or something. Maybe he's a you know, wacky guy. Maybe he's a deadbeat dad. Whatever the tropes were in America 35 years ago. That's just being recycled now. It goes very non-complex, uh, complex of verse. So we're in that stage, but we're past doing the the predictable tropes of like, this is what a good guy looks like. This is what a bad guy looks like. This is what a love interest looks like. We're in a subversive period where they try to avoid that. They go the opposite of that or they go, they like skew it. But even that has become so predictable where you already know how they're going to handle the not typical likable protagonist. And it's uh, so, shit. We're going to be stuck in this for a little bit. Are you watching anything, any TV show right now? Nothing new. That, that's I mean, not like a reality show. I, I've gone down the list of TV shows in the past that I've been tuning into. But for the most part, no, I was excited about Squid Game. I finished it in two days. So, mm-mm. No, I'm I'm out on nothing modern. New. Yeah, right, no. right, right. It's yeah. a bleak time. Although they were talking about doing battle royale as a CW show. That sounds horrendous. Not HBO Max exclusive. A CW, The Flash, Gilmore Girls style show with Americans, with Americans, with American teenagers. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the worst idea. Uh, if you wanted to translate this concept into uh, American uh, property, I don't. I think CW would definitely be a, at the bottom of my list of people that should be making it because they can't do anything that's not PG. I don't even know if they go PG thirteen because I don't think they can curse, right? So it's just yeah, just. Let's do hung. I mean, uh, battle royale. But how about if it's just very safe and everyone's friendly with each other? How about it's battle royale, but nobody dies? We yeah. stretch it out for the thirteen episodes, and maybe we'll kill off, you know, the likable kind of weird nerdy guy who's in love with the girl, even though she's got a thing for the main character. We'll kill that guy off in episode twelve. You know what ha- happens a lot, which happens on every. Uh, CW show that once I noticed it, I could never watch anything again, which is uh, character is in a room, character comes into the room, says something, and walks out of the room. That happens like 10, 15 times per episode, where it's just like, hey, we're going to have a conversation, but I'm just coming in, and then blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. And then just walk out. Suits does that a lot, too. That was a show that I used to watch. And then once I noticed that, I was like, why are you guys just coming in and out of rooms? Why are you showing me this? It's such a weird, not don't know how people interact type of thing. So it's always... There's someone in a room and someone outside of the room and I have something very important to tell you. And there's there's a there's a very dramatic scene of just two people looking at each other, uh, mid close up shot, reverse, and that's it. And then we stay with them as they exit the room. Uh 
that happens on every CW show that I've seen, at least, and it's very jarring once you notice it. That's because it's just, they they have the a strict <laughs> they have a strict list of like approved shots that go over well with the audience, and it's always the most basic shit. It's always medium shot, like you were saying, no close ups. We don't want to get too close to the actor's face, right? Uh, yeah. You know, we do the typical wide shot, and yeah, with I mean, you can only do so much anyway. Those scripts are manufactured essentially by by you know people who have worked in the industry for a very long time what i've noticed is and i kind of appreciate this a little bit more because it's more active i'm on season three of er and their version of that is we're going to burst into the er with a stretcher with a patient and there's going to be doctors and nurses all around the stretcher and it's going to be a tracking shot we're going to track all the way to the and they're going to be talking about what happened to this guy and where's dr green dr green he's in the lunchroom right now we got to get we got to get mark we got to get noah wiley where's george clooney oh he slept with one of the nurses again but he's got two girlfriends he shouldn't be doing that oh fuck okay where's juliana margulies combing her hair all right we gotta get everybody has to be in the er stat and it's very high intensity, but it's like I'm now three seasons in, I'm starting to notice it. And I'm like, what is this yeah. going to feel like when I get to the 15th season? And it's just Stanley Tucci and John Stamos and nobody I recognize. It's going to be fucking horrible. Like, why is everyone here? This guy's got a broken arm. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's not even like a huge emergency. You got the entire hospital in the room. It's been, it's been good, though, because they have... Uh, like big guest stars before they're big. Kirsten Dunst became a recurring child prostitute character and Ewan McGregor held up a liquor store. Like straight off of train spotting, he went and did an episode of ER. That was a pretty good episode. There was a Christmas episode. That was pretty good. So it's still quality, but I'm starting to see the, the, the seams well, in it. The, yeah, what happens with every one of those shows that go on for too long? You just have a mm. formula. You just continue doing and not really change anything. No, yeah, I'm like, dreading. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. I'm dreading once George Clooney is off the show. Right now, he's filming from dusk till dawn, which I'm pretty sure he got injured in. So he's just got a limp for a few episodes now. He's uh, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> suddenly out. The doctor, one of the his main doctor on House, the black guy. Um, I just got to an episode because he started out on ER, and the other black guy was like, "You got to work twice as hard because these white people they think you're a diversity hire." And that black guy from House was like, "I'm sick of you riding me. I'm tired of this. I work as I work twice as hard as anybody. You just choose not to recognize it." And then um, they did something very creepy and cool, which I I never saw a show do before. Which was they brought in a patient who fell in front of a train. It was just like a burnt looking corpse, like a face was all fucking mangled. And they're like, "Where's Doctor Johnson? Get Doctor Johnson's <laughs> pager. Somebody page Doctor Johnson." And then all of a sudden, they paid Dr. Johnson. This is one of Johnson. his cousins. Are you related to this burned person? <laughs> they paged Dr. Johnson. And they're like, what's that beeping noise? What's the beeping noise? The man who fucking jumped in front of the train was Dr. Johnson. And he was a mess. His oh, fucking, it no. Was, it was like, what? And they ended the show that way. And they didn't even pick it up in the, the episode right after. It was, just, it was what it's happened. Just, he didn't get dead. a funeral. He's just fucking dead now. He's gone. I was like, "Oh my is- god, that was intense! That was a that was a crazy way to end an episode." You so would never see that. Deeper. You would never see that on Walking <laughs> Dead in a million years. If just Rick, if they were like, "Hey, where's Rick?" 
I don't know. We got this burnt body right over here, the cowboy hat and cowboy boots. Uh, can can we call Rick's cell phone? They, they would There's never. No cell phones. There's just a beeper. <laughs> I think Verizon is still around in the Walking Dead universe. What is it? T-Mobile. Is it, where's this Boost? Can we do a Boost Mobile walkie-talkie? <laughs> just a, get a prepaid phone. <laughs> yeah, that's how they keep them going. They're all paid off in advance. Uh, anyway, so a Battle Royale TV show would have been horrendous. Do you think they're going to do a TV show, or do you think they'll do a movie when the time comes? Well, after the success, I think a lot of it is going to depend on the success of Squid Game Season 2. Because now, uh, the whole, um, which has been going on for years, you know, the binge-watching thing, I feel like that's more attractive to people than just a, a regular single movie that you have to wait a year to, to watch the, the, the rest of it. Uh, so I can see them you know piggybacking off the success of that well i'm not even saying netflix but just you know the fact that this was successful and uh didn't have to translate it or change you know, americanize it or whatever i'm a, I'm a like i like i mentioned in the squid game episode i'm a little bit worried that they're just gonna grab that and be like all right well now this is the american version you know because they're gonna water it down a lot but it, i feel like if they do battle royale um TV shows have been more successful than movies uh, in the past five, well, even 10 years. I, I, I yeah. dare to say, uh, at least as part of the uh, culture. Uh, so I can see them doing that instead of just a, a regular movie, especially because now everything tries to be a universe, right? So if you're going to do one movie, there has to be you know, something to do with a second one, maybe, or a third one. Or, and that's shitty. So I think probably a series is my guess. I will take uh, uh, an opposite approach with this answer. And I think it would be too obvious for them to do a series. And I think that would conflict a little too hard with Squid Game. And it looks like Squid Game will have some life to it as, mm-hmm. a, as a, a, a recurring series for Netflix, at least for a little while. I think they'll squeeze as much out of that as they possibly can. And I think they will do Battle Royale as an HBO Max film that will probably set up also a dune style sisterhood universe and then they'll do the battle royale 2 adaptation by that point we're already reaching a point you know because of the uh young turks and all these folks where it's like yeah 9-11 was a joke who cares it's bush it's it wasn't even the taliban it wasn't it wasn't afghanistan or the islam it was bush which look maybe he was in on it maybe he paid for it but that's besides the point these are bad people, but by that point it'll be like, oh well, Battle Royale two makes sense because that's our American history. These people deserve to die. These people deserve to jump out of the one hundred eleventh floor of the World Trade Center because of something bad we did in the nineteen eighties through Ronald Reagan. Because they're finance people, they should jump out of exactly. These are, this was the one percent after all. Yeah. Not I mean, fuck the people that worked at Wetzel's Pretzels in the World Trade Center doing that. Yeah, nah, they're complicit. Capitalist scum. Anyhow, so that'll be the sequel, and that'll be that'll fit its time period, which is like four years from now. We're not that far away from that that timeline. We're kind of in it. We're we're wading through those waters already. But uh, did you know that this was a late video nasty? Which I'm I'm sure you know. You lived in the UK. You know what the video nasties are, don't you? 
yeah well, well it's not that nasty like it's not that dark i guess i don't know i'm so surprised this movie that. was banned from several countries they never had a distribution deal in the united states for it it wasn't able to be screened in america theatrical here's the thing they did a, a a very limited run of theatrical screenings in 2012 and i remember they were playing it at one of the local theaters near me and um i was supposed to go out on a date i was i was i think i was 21 at the time i was supposed to go out on a date with uh with a 39 year old japanese russian mom who was wow. very attractive and um i wanted to see this movie and I got too nervous and I backed out. I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to, I should, what am I in? Why am I in this situation? I can't be in this situation. I'm a 21 year old. This is, this is beyond the pale for me. I can't do this. And I backed out. I didn't go on the date. So I never got to see it in theaters. And I never got to go on that date with a 39 year old Japanese Russian mom. 39 seems a bit too old i get it it is too old right now you think about that in your head and you're like well 39 that's two years older than me now but as a 21 year old where it's like i just Four. i dated a girl who's a year younger than me and maybe a girl who's a couple years older than me what am i oh 39 you got a kid you got a kid who's like 10 yes yeah, that's, that's very intimidating that happened to me but she was 26 and that didn't work out at all because we had nothing to talk about. She was very artsy and I was a retard. <laughs> so whatever likes she had, she would like try to talk to me about like very alternative things that she liked as a 26 year old in 2006 or whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm just happy that I'm talking to a woman. You know, <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad that I got your attention. That kind uh, so of that, uh, yeah. that was a bit of the I can't tell if this was because of the BPD or what, but the BPD girl was a couple of years older than me. And I remember her whole thing was, I like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I like going out to bars and doing bar trivia. And that just seemed like very old to me. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah what? Uh, that's not my thing. I'm good. We should go I'm to bar right. trivia when I'm in Boston. That would be cool. Right? Yeah, wouldn't that? And go watch Cowboy <laughs> Bebop and then do bar <laughs> trivia. And uh, that, that's a night. So yeah. I I can I completely understand what you mean, and that thirty the thirty nine year old, I mean I didn't have that problem really with her, but it just seemed always extremely intimidating. It was always like, oh fuck, I gotta sound more mature. I can't fuck around the same way that I would with somebody around my own age. So I'm not trying to be your kid. I'm not trying to be like a grown up kid that you're just also taking care of. But I guess that's yeah. that's really what that kind of winds up being. I think anytime you're getting involved with a much older woman, maybe Kenny knows a thing or two about this. We could. <laughs> consult him he's got a new cougar yeah. by the way oh, Jesus. for the record this... kenny special guest star kenny for the jackass forever episode third mic on old boys also star of glue addict and comfort systems was dating a uh, 50 year old woman for a period of time he's only 31 or he's 32 now and now right. he's get well this is a new one he's dating a woman uh whose youngest child is 33 years old. So that's the, uh, he did not tell me her age, but if we do the math there and think about appropriateness, she's at least what? The minimum, 50? a minimum of like 49, 50 years old. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Why? Here's the thing. 
Why do that? Listen, when you're in your 30s, that's not appealing anymore. That's like a no. that's like a weird. Hey, I'm kind of out of my element here. This could be a, like a fetish thing or something. When you're like 20, when you're exactly when that's you're a, 32. That's a feeling when you're young because you're just like, oh, I wonder if I could entertain them. I wonder what. Uh, oh, they they notice me. Oh, that's cool. Let me go and and then you realize that it's. Yeah, it's not it's not good. There's a reason why they're single and fifty, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's not something that you really want to get involved with. But I guess Kenny's just bulletproof, I guess. To he that. doesn't care. He yeah, no, he's impenetrable. He can't be made to feel uncomfortable or uh even really acknowledge serious problems until it's too late. But uh for example, when when we were doing a, another podcast once upon a time, and there was a host on that podcast who told me one time lied about his age said he was younger than he was and i found out later on he's actually about oh, yeah. eight years older than he he really was uh he used to talk about <laughs> dating his art teacher and his art teacher was a woman who was about 50 years old he was about 34 i think at the time although he was claiming to be 27 and um his art teacher had two kids and a husband and he would have to go to baseball, family baseball games, and the husband would be there with his wow. girl. Like, you know, he'd be seeing a girlfriend. Obviously, the girlfriend wouldn't come to the game or whatever. It'd be family baseball time, but she'd be bringing him. And he had to deal with the husband and be like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Being this younger guy, having to talk to this 50-year-old husband who's like, yeah, I guess you, I have to pretend like this is a real thing because you're, <laughs> you're fucking my wife. <laughs> Okay, I guess I have to go see the Baltimore. I have to go see the Orioles or whatever. And uh... everything about that sounds horrible. <laughs> everything about what you just said sounds so just. Just don't go. What are you doing? Why are you going? That sounds so bad. Fuck. Uh, and he was bragging, right? <laughs> uh, it wasn't even no at that point he was like yeah that was pretty rough for me I don't know what the hell I was doing but at the time he was so infatuated with this idea of I get to sleep with my old art teacher and I guess I'll just be stepdad for a while yeah you know because uh, that's that's the hot teacher in high school the 50 year old art teacher the art teacher who purple. always smells like glue who smells with fucking <laughs> With purple hair winging a moo moo. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. <laughs> it's it's uh it's uh, disgusting. I definitely I here's the thing. I don't think uh look if if circumstances had it, I'd probably uh I'd say that a good age range for you know getting into a relationship with somebody is whatever your age is, it may be about my unless you're like 18 years old don't listen to this and about like <laughs> negative six years or so negative six yeah. or seven years if you're 20 again don't listen to that that's bad you'll go to prison wait not, you didn't say let's say, say oh, over 30 over 30 over 30 i'd say your age and minus about seven years because i feel like 23 okay. years old you're the, at least women seem to be enough of like who they actually are by that point guys don't really seem to be uh their real self, I think, until about thirty years old. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm six years older than my girlfriend, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. 
That's yeah. what the the lovebirds from Battle Royale should have taken away. Is sorry, you made the mistake of of dating older and dating equal to your age, and that's why you died. You should have been like Kitano, romancing the children, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> having a lollipop with the child on the beach, and he he would have lived. He didn't get involved in. The, she'd survive Battle Royale, and he was not yeah. part of the game. So see, it worked out. Well, he was being silly with his water gun. Yeah. I guess an Uzi. <laughs> Isn't it an Uzi that it going with? It just goes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, <laughs> Kiriyama's uh, leftover Uzi. Yeah. Who has a... Uh, it has uh, unlimited ammo, by the way. I noticed that. Because the girls... I think the girls use something similar to mm. when one of them gets poisoned. And they might be the same gun. I don't remember. But all of, like how many Uzis are in the island? The fuck? Yeah, it seemed like everybody had their own unique weapon. The pots yeah. and pans, the fan, the yeah. So uh, okay, we'll uh, we'll close the show out on this note. But before we do that, who would you cast? Let's say all right. Let's say let's say they 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 do a little chicken shit thing on battle royale, okay? And they say all right, well it ain't gonna be. We can't do teenagers. We're not gonna do school. We're gonna, we'll do the Squid Game thing, and we'll have adults thrown okay. into the mix. Who do you cast okay. as the two leads, the two returning players, and the Kitano character? All right. So you got Stephen Amell, right? That's going to be the, <laughs> the main character. You know what? Listen. You got Robbie. Got Robbie you got Amell Stephen as and Robbie the Kitano Amell. character. Okay. <laughs> it's a CW show, right? Well, no. Uh, you, you, would, got... you wouldn't do that. You would do like Tom Cavanaugh from, from that one show from 1997. What was it? With Michael Ian Black and uh, Justin sure. Long. Tom Cavanaugh. Oh, uh, what was that show called? Uh, I just saw. Yeah, a post I know exactly what you're talking about, about but I, th- I, it I wasn't know exactly Tom. the show. It was, it was the guy's name. It was Tom the first Cavanaugh. name. Yeah, was it Joe? Ed. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So you get Tom yeah. Cavanaugh from Ed, and he he's going to be the <laughs> Takashi Kitano character. He's 58, Ooh. so he's about Kitano's okay. age around that time. Uh, I'm digging the idea of Robbie Amell. <laughs> From Resident Evil, Welcome to Ra- By the way, we're covering that movie 100% when it comes out. Welcome to Raccoon City. I am. That might be the movie I'm most looking forward to for this fourth quarter of 2021. Is that Netflix? No, that's in theaters only. Oh wow! For, it'll sure be I'll in theaters go. only for 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 about a yeah. week. You'll you'll see. Uh, you'll go to the Costa Rican theater and see that. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'll go to the to the theater. I haven't gone to the theater since. Fucking the Meg, I think. Oh God! <laughs> what a, like what a note yeah. to go out on. <laughs> yeah, I like the book. Now it's like, oh, cool! They're finally making a movie out of this. And then I saw that, and I was like, oh, they shouldn't have. <laughs> this stinks. Uh, but who wrote yeah, the book? Um, was it Peter Benchley? Uh, I don't remember. Hold on, it's irrelevant. Uh, that movie is Chinese propaganda, anyway. There's a whole series. Uh, Steve Alton. I don't know. My dad had the books when I was younger, and I was like, oh, this is cool. It's about a shark. I'm terrified of the ocean. So that was good. And then I saw the movie. It's just Jason Statham punching fish or whatever. It's like, oh, that's not what I was expecting at all. Um, Jason Statham would play the main character. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I'm really... I'm really bad at casting because I don't remember anyone's names. And I can't think of any... Like, who's hot right now? As a like a young 
actor. Chalif. Timothy Chalamet is Shuya. <laughs> yeah. Zendaya. Got, uh, Zendaya. Be, yep. Uh, Noriko. And uh, yeah. Batista is yeah. Shogo. Yeah. Which means Stellan yeah, Skarsgård will be Kiriyama. It will fit him. But I want the Baron version of Stellan Skarsgård. That's the only yeah. part of the of Dune I enjoyed is Stellan Skarsgård's Baron. Just gross. Just disgusting body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I can see that. I would watch that. I, I mean, I just watched Dune, which was boring. So I think I'm going to also- rewatch Dune. I, I feel like I might have had my experience. Not that I'm trying to... I don't give any credence to the good reviews that are out there, but I do feel like I was unfairly harsh about certain aspects of it. So I, I intend on rewatching it um, soon. All right. Well, I, I watched it twice, and I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you're. You know. I think you're you're good. You're tapped out until the next yeah. one. Yeah, which it's been announced already. So yes, your your hopes were extinguished immediately the day after <laughs> unfortunately i think i think I, it was inevitable but uh yeah it's fine uh i'll i'll, I'll be interested to check it out uh i guess just Why not? see where we go with it i guess yeah yeah see what movies I mean, we, even look we, like we, in 2023 yeah we started this journey i guess we have to finish it <laughs> yeah well <clears throat> That's uh that's a good way to finish this podcast. That's that's listen, that's been movies for this week. Check out Battle Royale, Happy Halloween. Is this the Halloween special? Is it horror? Did we determine if it was horror or not? Because if it ain't horror, if Battle Royale is not horror, then what is it? Um uh, I don't want to say teen drama because it's not, but at it's points not. it is. It's not shot as a horror movie though. Um there's really, I mean, there's no the com- conventions you would expect from a horror movie. It's not there's nothing really dark. There's nothing really surprising when it comes to you know, like a horror elements. I, I don't know. Just like a well, drama, I don't I don't know I about that. There's scenes in the movie that definitely feel like they could qualify as horror, and you you have enough gore in here, I think, to make the claim. It's not science fiction. Is it just uh, yeah. is it just drama? Is it action? Uh, there's not a lot of action. Like it, it's not. It's not. It's like intermittent. Like it happens, but then there's dialogue in between. So it's not. There's not like big setup pieces or anything like that. I don't know. I guess a drama with horror elements at times. It kind Difficult of. I, I would. I would. It. I, I think I would probably put it in the horror category by default. Although that that doesn't. Yeah, I agree. That doesn't feel right. But it feels. If we were categorizing it as like a video game, it would be survival horror, I right. think. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I tend to lean in that direction, and it's a little too wacky to just categorize as a drama. You're right; there's not enough action to say it's an action film. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the best Halloween choice. Should we? What? What? All right. You want to record a horror themed episode before Halloween to uh, plop out on Halloween, and if so. Um, what should we do tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we might have Titan with Cisco. Maybe is it, is that a horror? We still haven't seen it. It's a, it's a, it. yeah. It's it, it's kind of well. It's more body horror, science fiction. I don't know. I I I I, would, I think it would be better to go with like a classic horror for okay. Halloween. 
don't know. We can figure it out off mic. It'll yeah, be a yeah. surprise. Yeah. How about that? All right. That has been Movies for This Week. Thank you for listening.